You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. Have you had someone remove themselves from your life? Are you in a situation of estrangement with someone that you did not desire this outcome? This person has cut you off. They are, they are ghosting. They are no contact. Maybe they told you. Maybe they made it clear to you that they did not want you in their life. When they had this discussion with you, did they clarify that? Did they give you ultimatums? Did they tell you that, you know, these parameters must be met if you are going to have any interaction with them? Did they just leave you high and dry and just tap out and block you on social media and block your phone number and not give you any sense of closure whatsoever? Are you in a situation with someone like this right now that's causing you a uh, an, an incredible amount of distress and you know, upheaval and you just don't know what to do, I do have a solution. It might not necessarily be the one that you want, but it's absolutely a solution. But let's talk about it. So the first question I want to ask you is, what do you want in this relationship with this person? What is it that you want? The reason that you have to ask this question is because the nature of many situations, many relationships that evolve or rather devolve into a case of estrangement or no contact is by and large due to toxic behaviors. And my, my intention in this episode, as well as every other episode is never to blame, deprecate, make you feel judged, point fingers. That is irrelevant. You'll hear me say that over and over again. Blame is irrelevant. Blame solves nothing. Now, whether or not you are culpable for the breakdown in this relationship is to be determined. And if you are, then listen up because these are some points that I want to give you as a measure of how to move move out of this distress. Granted, I have no magic wands here. I have no ability to provide you with any type of elixir, if you will, of repairing the damage that has been caused. But what I can do is help you grow, help you evolve, help you understand, help you do better, and just basically teach you uh, you know, how to write the course. Now, whether or not that person chooses to allow you back in is, you know, that's to be determined. But I will say this much. If you have been behaving in a manner that is toxic, dysfunctional, or even abusive towards someone who has shut you down, enforced a very solid boundary, cut you out of their life, estranged from you, then this is for you. This episode is for you. I speak with some expertise on this, both as someone who has enforced uh, very firm boundaries with others, as well as someone who has experienced other people enforcing very strong boundaries with me. But you got to think about it, though. What is it that you want? Sit down with a pen, write it down. What do I want? That is going to be the beginning. So you might, you might not be ready to answer that question right now. So listen on. I got, I've got some ideas that I want to share with you and give you some, some uh, points to ponder, if you will, on how to consider um, your actions in the past as well as your actions in the future. So when I ask you, what is it that you want? Um, you you got to consider 
you know, what your level of involvement is. Now, you might be thinking, well, Alma, you don't understand. It's, it's more complicated than that. You know, this person hurt me too. It's not fair what this person did. I get you. I totally understand that. In fact, in all dysfunctional relationships, whether they're uh, romantic partnerships, adult, you know, friendships, parent-child relationships, those are something to consider as well. I have yet to uh, be witness to a relationship where one person was completely and totally devoid of any culpability in the breakdown of that relationship. However, more often than not, there's one player, there's one participant in that union that is the creator of the majority of the distress. And that's what we, that's what we need to talk about. That's what we want to, that's what I want to talk about today, rather. So... You have had someone shut you out and you are confused, you're distressed, you're angry. Maybe you're pissed off. Um, you, you know, you have to ask yourself, what do you want? What is the purpose of having communication with this person? Do you feel like you need an opportunity to argue with them again? Do you feel like you deserve an opportunity to chew their ass and point out everything they did wrong and how terribly they treated you? Maybe the person that enacted the, uh, the breakdown or the enforced the boundary with you is the toxic participant and you're hurt and upset because they hurt you and then they blocked you. They treated you poorly and then they dipped out and they said, nope, no more. I don't want anything else to do with you and you feel discarded. You feel tossed away and you're angry about that. Maybe that's your situation. It's important to write down what it is that you want and to isolate that and to make sure you understand it fully because in these shifts, if you will, it, it, it can be very uh, confusing to figure out um, where the distress lies. Where is it coming from? And if you don't sit down and take time and pay attention to it, especially if you're angry, your emotions are going to be all over the place. You're just going to be focused simply on reconnection. And what's the point of the reconnection? That's the question. You've got to understand that. you got to understand if the reconnection is, is purposeful. Is it an intention of uh, resetting the relationship back on the tracks, so to speak? Um, how much does this person mean to you? Who is this person to you? Is this someone that has been in your life? Is this a, a parent-child relationship that, you know, just kind of devolved as a, a result of long-standing trauma, long-standing unresolved toxic behaviors on behalf of one or the other? Um, you, you, it's, it's important to disentangle all of the factors in moving forward. It's important to understand this. And, and here's the thing. The problem that a lot of people, a lot of clients that I work with deal with is they don't want to isolate their own bullshit. And that's really what this boils down to is understanding what you are doing that's contributing to this breakdown. It's important to interpret the situation outside of your own ego. We all have an ego, guys, all of us, myself included. We all need to feel protected. We all need to uh, deliver a particular idea of how we want the world to see us and receive us. We want to be, you know, we want other people to see us as intelligent. Uh, we want other people to see us as attractive, um, maybe funny, uh, somebody who has 
the uh, ability to provide resources, wealthy. Um, we, we all have different ideas on what we want to present to the world around us, or maybe we don't want other people to see anything about us at all. That's a consideration to make as well. When you're in a situation with someone where they have sort of estranged themselves from you, perhaps as a direct breakdown in communication, maybe you had an argument and that person just blocked you, blocked you on social media, blocked your phone number. Um, maybe they have a, a criminal um, complaint against you. Maybe there's a, a legal barrier to, to contacting that person. That's a, that is a consideration to consider as well. But you're still upset. You're still in distress over it. One of the hardest things that uh, I challenge with my clients in these situations is two things. You have to be accountable to your, contri- your contribution to the breakdown, and you got to be humble. And that's a difficult prospect, particularly when you know that the other person has done you dirty as well. You know, um, when you feel like you haven't been heard by that person, when you feel like that other person got over on you, when you feel like that other person took advantage of you and then sees you as the bad guy and because you did or said something cut you out. Um, I mean, and, and I can say that that distress the distress that you feel as a result of their behavior, that's attachment. And uh, attachment, I won't get into attachment in this episode, but I'll, I'll create a, an episode eventually discussing the differences between um, emotionally uh, relationships that are built in a, a, a genuine depth of emotional connection versus um, a, a visceral attachment, um, a uh, expectation of reward versus a love response, a love connection. But uh, yeah, you know, your inner wounds, your, your child, your inner child gets triggered when you feel rejected by someone that you're attached to. So that can be the, uh, you know, that could be the distress that you feel as well. I can speak with <laughs> expertise, both as somebody who enforced a boundary, as well as someone who experienced a boundary being enforced. Um, interestingly enough, about 10 years before my father passed, I went no contact with him. We had, it was just, it was the culmination of a lifetime of disregard, a lifetime of invalidation. I've spoken about my father. I'll continue to speak about my father. And in, in doing so, I've learned to understand him, not to justify his abuse. He was a, he was an abusive narcissist. It was a very traumatic childhood. Uh, at his hands, but he, you know, I I do believe that my father did the best he could because he was horrifically traumatized as a child, which is what resulted in his narcissism. He was an incredibly sensitive, easily triggered individual with his ego was very, very fragile. And as a result, he heaped uh, abuses upon us if we you know, if we triggered him, and of course, we're little kids, so of course, we're triggering him, and then of course, we are easy targets. So just growing up and growing through that as an as an adult, actually, it was about 12 years before he passed when I initially just went no contact, but we had had a, um, just a, a, a huge blowout that left me reeling with the idea that there is absolutely no hope for this relationship. And the only thing that I can do at this point is to not have a relationship 
because I had come to the realization that I could not change my father. And it was a very painful thing for me to do because I had to set aside hope. I literally had to disconnect and unplug from his manipulation, which as a child, his, you know, abuse was physical. Um, he, he, he beat us. And then as we got, we became adults, it became emotional. It became uh, manipulation. It became withdrawal of uh, validation. Nothing was ever good enough. Um, anything that we did do right was discounted. Anyway, it was just a lot of emotional bullshit. And I had just reached a point where it culminated into an argument where I was just done. I really had to choose my own mental well-being over the relationship. And I never regretted it. I always wanted it to be different. I had many conversations with my uh, siblings and with my ex-husband over, you know, is there anything he could do? Is there anything that my father could have done to have repaired the relationship? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Now, granted, in the beginning, I felt a huge wave of power over cutting him out of my life because, you know, I was... You know, I was done and I, it had culminated in me reaching a point of, I just don't care anymore. And that is hugely powerful. And when you have been so disempowered for the majority of your life, especially in that type of a relationship, you don't want to give that up. I didn't. I certainly didn't want to give that up. So had my father reached out to me with a willful heart, a humble heart, being accountable fully, listening to me, giving, holding space for me, it still would have been a huge effort on his part to even reach me at that point because I felt so empowered by enforcing that boundary that probably in the first year or so, there might not have been too much he could have done. Um, but in the years after that, when the, you know, the elation of it sort of dissipated, and we, you know, I was being a gray rock. If you're not familiar with the term gray rock in regards to dealing with the narcissist, I'd highly recommend that you Google that. Gray rock is just no contact, no, no interest, no passion, no engagement. The narcissist does not care whether you are happy or angry with them. They don't. They don't care. What they care about is having your attention and having the influence in your life. That is all they care about. And if you're pissed off, that's perfectly acceptable to the narcissist. So you got to turn into a gray rock. You got to stop caring. So that was me. And I felt incredibly empowered by it. Um, but my father never made an effort, not a genuine effort from a place of humility. What he would do was he would um, use my sister as a flying monkey, which is another narcissistic term, um, sort of these little codes, if you will. Flying monkeys is where you manipulate other people to do your dirty work for you. And she was also the golden child. So she would call me up and she would try to navigate the waters for our father because he wouldn't validate her either. So he was manipulating her into doing his dirty work with the expectation that he would, you know, give her the validation that she sought after him. So it was just, it was all of this spider web of dysfunction. And I wasn't having it. <laughs> I wasn't having it. Um, I was married. I had a family to take care of. My spouse was in the military. I had everything going on. And there was absolutely no consideration whatsoever from my father to have any empathy for what was going on in my life. And there never was because he wasn't capable of it, um, as narcissists are not capable of. 
So all he cared about was having influence in my life, to which I never responded. So he would, you know, he would seek my sister to do his dirty work for him to the point where I had to threaten her with no contact. And so she, you know, she, she relented and she stepped back. But no, we never, we never repaired that relationship. Um, it was never repaired, rather. It, uh, my father never had the ability. I'm sure he thought about it. I'm sure in his mind he attempted to find new and inventive ways of manipulating me in, into reaching out to him. In fact, there was one situation which was rather sad that I had gotten a notice from a, an, a, an old friend of mine back home and um, she had uh, gone into my parents' pawn shop and my father, who was helping her, she and she detailed this story to me, which saddened me, was she said she went in and, and she said she was just making conversation about, hey, how's, how's Lee doing? And he says, I don't know. I hadn't heard from her. I think maybe her husband killed her. And so that got, that was the rumor that got back to me. And I think what he was trying to do was he was trying to incite rage in order just to get me to pay attention. And I didn't, but so that was, that was, um, that was a situation that later on, especially with his dire health condition, his dire diagnosis, had he picked up the phone on his own without my mother, just he and I, cause he always had to have my mother in the background. He always had to have backup. He couldn't fight his own fights because he was mentally and emotionally a weak person, um, especially when he knew that he was culpable. But if he had picked up the phone or sent me a message or just wrote out a heartfelt letter and said, you know, hey, I, I did these things. I know I hurt you kids and, you know, it wasn't right what I did and um, treating you the way I did was, you know, was a horrible thing to do. If he had just sat down and been accountable, I would have had a conversation with him, but he never did that. And that's what I wanted to share with you today is, you know, how much is this person worth to you? If, if you're, you know, in this point and you want to reconnect with someone and maybe you're the culpable one and you, you, you know, you have to ask yourself what's more valuable to you. Is it your defenses? Is it your ego? Or is it cultivating a healthy dynamic with this person? I will tell you this, um, my son and I, you know, after, after I divorced his dad and I relocated back to South Carolina, I know that that, that caused a lot of, caused a lot of pain for him. And, uh, and we've had some conflict over it to the point where he didn't talk to me for a while, which was deeply painful for me. Um, it's, uh, there's not a whole lot of relationships that I have in my life that can cause me that much pain. Um, but definitely my son. And so I did the best that I could to give him the space that he needed in order to work through whatever it was he needed to work through. I know I, I know I screwed up. I know I made a lot of mistakes, but fortunately for me, I've, you know, we've reestablished a new relationship. And that's something that I, you know, without going into too much detail, I would like to share with you is maybe you need to reframe what that relationship is altogether. If you want to be in that person's life and they've cut you out, then you've got to be open to allowing that relationship to evolve into something maybe completely different. Maybe this is a, a romantic partner. Maybe you have to establish a friendship. If you just want to be in that person's life, 
then what is it that you need to evolve into? Do you need to evolve into a friend? Do you need to evolve into a better parent? Do you need to step back and express some levels of respect that you haven't been expressing in the past? What is it that you need to change about how you're interacting with that person if you want to continue? You got to ask yourself though, what is your what is your outcome? What is your expected outcome? What is it that you want? What is the desired outcome? Because I will tell you right now, if your desired outcome is to go back to the way things were with that person, it's highly unlikely that that's going to happen. Nor is it healthy because obviously if this other person has enforced a boundary with you, then they're clearly communicating something to you. What are they trying to communicate? Maybe they're trying to communicate that they simply do not see the value in having a connection with you at all. And that's a huge trigger, isn't it? That's, that's deeply hurtful. That can deeply trigger if you have an abandonment wound, especially from your childhood, if you've been left alone, if you've made, been made to feel unlovable and somebody cuts you out of their life, that's a huge trigger. And that can trigger shame. It can trigger anger. It can trigger all of these negative outcomes. So you have to ask yourself, what is it that you want? Do you want to yell at this person? Do you want to pay back? Do you want revenge? Or do you want to apologize and be accountable and change your behavior and provide the safety that that person wants, needs, and desires from you? And maybe possibly that's not possible because maybe that other person is unwilling to change as well. Are you willing to accept that person not changing? in order to be in that connection with them. There's a lot of things in here that need to be addressed before you move forward in trying to isolate and reconnect with someone else, especially when that person has enforced a boundary with you. Respect is key. You have to be able to move out of a place where there has been disrespect and move into a place that is respectful. And maybe you expressing respect for that person is by leaving them the hell alone, you know, and understanding that they've had to do what they've had to do because they tried to communicate with you and it didn't work. And when you accept that person and their choices, you know, moving forward, learning and growing and evolving into a better version of who you are can come from simply sitting down and writing a letter. And saying, look, I did this, A, B, C, and D. I know that it made you feel this way. I need to fix my shit over here. I'm not writing this letter to you as a means of getting you to feel sorry for me. But I realize what I've done and I'm trying to be a better person. You deserved better behavior. You deserve somebody to do these things for you. And you got to do it without any expectation of reward. You've got to do it because it's just the right thing to do, because you deserve to evolve into the best version of yourself, period. And that is irrelevant to what happens with this relationship. You got to get to a point of acceptance. You got to get to a point of accepting that that person may not ever accept you back into their life. And if you are able to figure out that you screwed up, you screwed up something so badly that this person doesn't want anything to do with you. What did you screw up? What did you screw up? You can't sit around, beat yourself up, or verbally attack other people and project your own shame onto other people. That's not healthy. Don't you want to be a better person? Don't you want to be a more evolved person than where you are right now? I wish my dad would have known that. 
I wish that he, before he passed, would have realized that his kids loved him and wanted to love him, but not at the not at the cost of their own well-being. I couldn't I couldn't love him at the cost of my own mental wellness. And that was a it was an unfortunate experience, but I'm here today and I'm able to do this work because I have had that realization and I can express some sympathy and some empathy for my father in understanding, you know, that that was him. That you know, of all the pain that he inflicted in the people in his life while he was here on this earth, of all of that, he was still you know, he, he, he had the ability to be loved. He just didn't know how. He didn't know how. And he moved through his entire 74 years, 75 years on this earth in a place of pain and survivor. He was always in survivor mode. And that, that saddens me. I can't imagine somebody like my father, you know, living his entire life like that. And so that is the, a huge motivation for me in doing this work that I do is to help educate people on how to isolate their own crappy behaviors without shaming themselves and allowing them to understand that, look, you know what? You got hurt. I get it. You got hurt. But just because you got hurt when you were a kid doesn't give you the right to treat people like shit. So that's the question for today is if you're screwing up, if you're making mistakes, you're treating people poorly, you know, this whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing, um, I can see both sides of it. I can definitely see both sides of it and the way it's being, you know, perpetrated in the media. Um, they've, they were definitely abusive toward each other. I don't think that there's nobody, everybody's like team Amber or team Johnny. No, they, they treated each other equally like shit. And it, now it's playing out for all of us to witness, but that goes on a lot. And if you're not a therapist, you might not be aware of it, but damn, it's so common the, the elements that you see being played out in the media with these two, it is it's very common. And I'm sure that somebody listening to this, this episode is like, yeah, she knows. You know, maybe you've experienced it. But here's the thing. I'm going to wrap this up. Do better. Do better. Do better just for the sake of your evolution. Be a better person because that's what you need to do for you. So here's the thing in closing. This is what I want to say to you about estrangement. If there is a person out there that matters to you, then you need to, you can't worry about what they've done. You can't worry about their actions. You can't worry about how bad they've treated you. You can't do any of that. You've only got to isolate your misgivings, the things that you've done. What is it that you need to fix? What messes do you need to clean up in that relationship? write it down. And it's going to suck, guys. I know this. It's going to suck. It sucks to be accountable. It sucks to figure out what it is you're doing that's wrong. But here's the thing. If you've never done it before, then you don't know what it feels like. I am here to tell you that on the other side of accountability is peace. It really is. Because when you have done the right thing, when you've cleaned up your messes, and you have the ability to walk away from a situation a relationship, a person with a clear conscience, knowing that you have been fully accountable, that you've done all the right things, then you open up your heart and your head and the space in your soul to move into a healthier situation in the future, whether that's on your own or with someone else. But you got to do it just for the simple sake of cleaning up your mess. You cannot move into a place of accountability with an expectation of a reward. You cannot apologize and be accountable and hold space 
for what, what you've done to someone else with the expectation that they are going to give you something. You have to do it simply because it's worth doing for yourself. That is the definition of accountability. That is the definition of righting your wrongs and fixing what is broken. Now, if this person, if this situation is not that important to you and you're still feeling the distress of it, then you know what? What did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? What did you ignore in that situation? What did you allow to happen? How did you allow yourself to move through that relationship, that situation, in a way that makes you unhappy with your behavior? What can you learn from? What's the lesson? What's the takeaway? What is the benefit? Because in every point of adversity in our lives, there is a lesson. There is something that can be learned from this. There is a point of evolution in every point of adversity that you can glean an opportunity to evolve into a better, higher version of who you are. Ultimately, that is what we're here for, I think, here in this world and in this life, is to do better and be better. Set an example, especially if you're a parent or a teacher or somebody, a mentor. We can all do better. We can all learn. We can all move outside of the egotistical point of triggered shame response. What is it that you need to fix? And what is it that you need to learn? Those two situations, the person that you care about, the person that you're hurt because they won't have anything to do with you, how can you fix it? What can you change without, them, without the expectation for them to make changes? That's how you address that situation with the person that you want that fixed and repaired. And on the other side, the person that you know that it's probably not worth it, it's probably not worth reconnecting because it's, it's too broken. It's, you know, it's something that you just need to let go of. What did you learn? How can you prevent that from happening in the future? What can you do better? That's my lesson for today. Love you guys. From fear to love. This has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening.